Welcome to 25 Stocks of Christmas presented by Chit Chat Money. Today we have an interview with Gannon Breslin and we're talking advanced micro devices. It's AMD. Uh, it was a lot of fun. He talks a lot of, uh, he talks a little bit about his own investment philosophy and sort of the way he structures his investments. I know he owns a lot of names, um, but that was fun as well. But before we get to that, we have a sales pitch, which we've got to start spicing up. Uh, I think our sales might be declining a little bit. Sure. Yeah. We got to make sure. Well, We're yeah, we got to make sure people out there. Yeah. We got to make sure people know why they should subscribe to seven okay. investing and get their recommendations. So why should people run? Uh, because it's a, tremendous customer value proposition. You are getting seven incredible analysts with incredible analysis. And diversity, like diversity of uh, investing, um, what you call it, sectors. You you got biosciences, you got SAS, you have traditional value, retail. Whatever your flavor of investing is, they cover it. And uh, I mean, well, they've done really good. They've done, they've beaten the market by a fair amount. So the you know what? I'm going to call it an investment, not a price. Uh, you're not just paying for it. You're investing in it. You're investing yourself. Sure. All right. All right. And so, we got to say, we got to say what it is. Oh, so it's, code uh, CCM. You get $10 off your first month and it's usually $17. So you're only paying seven bucks. Here you go. Welcome to Chit Chat Money. On this show, hosts Ryan Henderson and Brett Schaefer interview industry experts and riff on the world of investing. As a quick reminder, Chit Chat Money is a CCM Media Group podcast. Ryan and Brett are not financial advisors. Anything discussed on Chit Chat Money by Ryan or Brett or any other podcast guest is not formal advice or a recommendation. Now, please enjoy this episode. Today, we are welcomed by Gannon Breslin. You may know him from Twitter. Gannon, what's your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is Rebel Markets, all one word. Okay. And uh, how did you get into the world of investing? This is your first time on the show. So a little intro background here. Yeah. Um, Thank you guys. First off, to chat money for having me on. Super stoked to be here. Um, I got into investing at a a pretty early age. I was, uh, I believe, starting senior year of high school or it was uh, junior summer. And I had been thinking about it for a long time. I, my parents were investors. Um, and long story short, I had a friend who kind of pulled the trigger and, and started an account and that made me, uh, finally do it. So I, I, I got into investing and I didn't have, you know, basically any money at the time. I didn't have a job either. Um, so I started off small. I started off day trading penny stocks. Um, high volatility, and even though it was an absolute roller coaster of emotions and crazy trading and reckless trading, to be honest, um, I, it taught me a lot of things and it helped me become the investor that I am today. How would you? Uh, I mean, you talked about the, I guess, reckless early days. How would you describe your sort of investing strategy now? Are you more like concentrated, just uh, pure equities? Yeah. So, um, you know, I guess the, really the, uh, classic saying is the only free lunch in investing is a diversification. Um, I've totally changed my, uh, outlook in reality before I was kind of this day trader, swing trader in early college. Um, and I wasn't, 
I wouldn't say it was a bad one, but I definitely wasn't a good one. And a lot of the time I would just end up back to, you know, ground zero where my account would go up and then down and then up and then, you know, no appreciation over time. Uh, today my investing has really found its, uh, stride, I would say in just investing in good companies for the long term. Um, you know, every once in a while do get that itch and do a, you know, a swing trade, but my swing trades now are, I would say more four to six months long instead of two to three weeks. Um, so I, uh, keep that, keep that in mind when I say swing trade. Um, but in reality, I'm trying to build long-term wealth. Um, I'm now across other assets. I kind of have my, my index funds that, and that I is like my bedrock. I would say I have my long-term holds, what I like to call them, where I'm just not worried about them. If they, if there, if there's a dip in those I'm buying and those are always big cap, uh, very strong companies that will definitely likely be around for 20 plus years. Um, and then I kind of focus my spot speculative plays that are usually tech oriented cause that's the most comfortable field that I know. Um, well, and in reality, my investment process is I have those categories and let's say my speculative tech stock goes up a good amount. And remember, I don't have that much of my portfolio allocated to that. Nothing more than three to 4%. If that goes up and is a real uh, gainer for me, I sell for profit and I cycle that into my long-term holds. Once my long-term holds get overheated, I take some profits there and cycle that into the index funds. Um, so it's kind of this tiered process of safety. And, um, I've recently got into some crypto. I had been in crypto before, got away from the scene and kind of back into it just because of how much inflation is, um, impending in my mind. Um, and currently right now I'm saving up for a real estate investment. So I'm really trying to diver diversify across all those. Yeah, things. quite, uh, quite the range there. Uh, but the company we're talking about today is Advanced Micro Devices. Uh, most people maybe know them as AMD. How'd you find this company? Yeah, so AMD, I've kind of had a, a <laughs> I feel like I've had a long history with this company. Uh, going back to when I day traded in uh, quick swing traded, this was, you know, back in my high school. I AMD was like one of the hottest stocks and this stock was trading at 10, around eight to 10 to $12. Um, and I used to day trade it. And back when I day traded, you know, it was purely technical analysis. You know, um, Santa Claus could have been the CEO. I didn't care. I was totally just looking at the charts, you know? Um, <laughs> So I didn't really know anything about the company and I didn't know why it went from $2 to $10. And you know, I, I just was totally on the whole stock twits vibe trading this company based off the charts. Um, and over time, uh, something that really struck my, my radar and how I began to really look at AMD in a different way was I randomly came across uh, an article about Lisa Sue 
the CEO um, and, you know, how fantastic of a CEO she is and all the accomplishments. And um, I think we all know that a good CEO can really turn a company around and, and she's turned this company around from, I mean, nothing to, you know, superstar status. Um, So that's how I got introduced to it. Um, I didn't end up going long as in, you know, buying shares to hold for, for long-term up until about the 40, low $40 range. That's when I really started to uh, do my research and uh, really look at the financial statements. And, you know, that time between $10 and $40, uh, that was a good couple of years. And that's, uh, those years were a shift in my investing um, uh, ways, I guess. And that's when I really started hitting the long-term investment um, type of strategy. Right. And what does AMD do? I know the name gets tossed around with NVIDIA, Intel, maybe Taiwan Semiconductor. How do they fit into the semiconductor industry? Right. So um, AMD, obviously, they develop computer processors and related, you know, business and all things really inside of computers and and, and those types of machines. Um, the thing is, when I answer this question, each year it can change. You know, first off, there are strictly this, next there are this. And that's one of the big, biggest things. That's why I like AMD. Uh, Lisa Sue has really figured out that esports is really the future, you know, so they've cornered the gaming console chip market. Um, you know, they're going head to head with Intel um, in the battle, you know, of, of processors. Uh, with with CPUs and such like that. Um, so they do have multiple competitors, but um, it, it is a kind of complex space where you have multiple competitors. Uh, it's almost like a, a, a like a ecosystem of, of competitors. Sometimes they're competitors in one thing and sometimes they're not, you know. Uh, but I would say their most head-to-head competitor would be NVIDIA or Intel. And then you you run into... Uh, depending on what other products they have, it can be like Micron and and, and those other uh, computer type um, companies. What about management? I know you mentioned was it Lisa Sue? Is that the name? Yes. And yeah, uh, Lisa Sue. Um, you know, she was born in in Taiwan, and I did a whole uh, Twitter thread. I mean, I've been talking about, and this is probably what how you you know you guys found me is maybe. Um, is how much I talk about AMD and their journey on my Twitter. Um, I probably tweet about AMD more than anything that I've tweeted about. <laughs> um, but yeah, Lisa Sue, she was, uh, you know, just a quick bio of her. She was born in Taiwan and um, she, she started off, she, you know, she went to MIT. She's a super genius, electrical engineer. Um, and she, she was brought on to AMD in like, I believe it was 2012. Um, and she's just totally has changed the entire company. And the biggest thing that people have found for her is she, unlike Intel, um, really focused on the gaming industry. Um, and that was kind of like a, a sleeping giant for, I, I feel like for, for, for many companies, they didn't realize how big esports were, were, were becoming. 
Um, and my roommate all throughout college, I was, and I know that this is kind of a abstract thing, but he's a huge gamer and a huge computer nerd. He builds, uh, builds computers and stuff like that. And so that's kind of where I got that information from. Cause like I was saying before, I'm not a computer expert. Um, he is in a way. And so I was always asking him, you know, Hey, what's better AMD or Intel, like for this chip or whatever. And he goes, Oh yeah, AMD. Everyone uses AMD cause he's a big gamer and streamer and stuff like that. And I was like, huh, I wonder why, you know? So that's what kind of sparked my interest. Um, but yeah, when she was appointed C, she was appointed CEO in, in 2014. Um, and she's just, you know, won tons of awards, uh, for her leadership and really focusing on that, that, that gaming industry and, and taking over. And, um, the proof is in the pudding because if you ask almost any gaming person, they're going to say AMD has better products for gaming than Intel almost head to head every time. Interesting. And they're in the new PS five, correct? Yes. And the new Xbox wow. as well. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sort so, of a exciting time for them. Um, you do right. want to kind of touch more on your thesis. I know you briefly mentioned it, uh, but I don't know. Why do you like it as an investment right now? Yeah. Um, you know, there's, when I say this, I don't want you to, I don't want people to think this is like the, the sole reason why I, um, you know, investing in a company. Um, cause there's, there's tons of reasons, but one of the big things that I always think about is the David and Goliath kind of story. Um, we, we live in an environment right now in the market where, uh, people root for the underdogs, you know, uh, people who are just now starting to invest. And I really do think that in the past three to four years, um, we've had more new investors than any other time. I don't have the hard data on it, but I, w- I would be arguing that it, we do um, just with all these apps and stuff on people's phones. And what do people invest in? They invest in things that get people excited, especially if you're a new investor. Cause I remember when I was a new investor, when I was a new investor, I didn't, you know, go on um, to my brokerage and go, Oh, I'm going to go buy a, you know, general electric, you know, that doesn't get you excited. You know, you want to see something, you want to use that product. Um, and for me, that's, that's Intel versus AMD. You got Intel who's the, the monolith, you know, they have all the money, they have all the market cap, they've have, have all the market share. Um, well they did. Um, and you got, you got David, little David, um, AMD, you know, and, I, this is a simple quote, but when you have everything, you have everything to lose. Intel has everything to lose. You know, they're a company that's been around for decades and just have been controlling the entire, almost been in some cases in the, in the past decades, not so much now, obviously almost like a monopoly. Um, and you have this rising star. And the thing is Intel has been fumbling the bag left and right. Uh, when it comes to their releases Um, and then when it comes to head on, uh, products, um, Tom's hardware did a really good article talking about AMD versus Intel and they broke down, obviously, you know, this could be a biased source, but I have a hard time believing it's too biased. Um, 
basically head to head, which is better, you know, and AMD beat Intel in CPU pricing and value, gaming performance, content creation, specifications, power consumption, process node, architecture, and security. Intel only beat AMD in overclocking and drivers and software. And this is a website that all they do is talk about this stuff. You know, this is, this is their bread and butter. Um, and when you're an investor, um, you know, AMD is just one of the 30 plus positions that I have. I don't have time to where, you know, I'm going to go on the street and interview every single person. What do you like more AMD or Intel? Or I'm not going to go take a computer course just to see if, uh, you know, what down to the granular level, uh, what's better about AMD and Intel, you know? Um, but articles like this and other articles are the things that really, you know, point my head and make my head turn. And it's been proven in the past couple of years that there has been Intel has had some, uh, fumbling of the bag per se, when it comes to coming out with their chips, whether it be a late release date or, um, AMD just outright beating them. And that's what's really uh, honed in uh, my focus and made me just buy and buy more and more shares along with obviously, you know, the share price acting accordingly. The uh, So I guess is the main crux here that Intel has a giant, you know, market. They, I mean, have been the dominant player. They're slowly eroding that to AMD. And they've shown year by year the last five years that they've won. I think the big thing is that seven nanometer chip hasn't really, it just keeps getting pushed back. And that AMD right. with that new executive team, um, I forget her name, but they brought in the engineers and just the, the way that business runs is just way more agile than someone like Intel. Definitely. Um, you know, it's, it's like kind of like the, the, the concept of Rome, you know, when you're such a big company and you've been around for so long, you get complacent. It's impossible to not get complacent, you know? Right. Um, you know, Intel, I'm not saying Intel is a bad stock to own in, in, in any sense of the word, you know? Um, for instance, you know, they got, they have a great dividend. They, their market cap is $206 billion. Um, one thing that Intel, you know, they still have, a slight, they do have advantages in, in, in other areas in AMD. One of the big things is, and a lot of people point out, is Intel spends so much money on research. I think, I can't remember off the, the number off the top of my head, but it's like almost five times more than AMD. They spend billions, tens of billions, billions of dollars on research um, and development, which, you know, over time, it's going to matter because that's what the, the, the graphics card game and the CPU game, it, it's all about who can come up with whatever's bigger or not bigger, I guess, smaller in this case, smaller, faster, better, more efficient, you know? Um, and these companies are doing to going to do whatever it takes to do that. And if it means spending billions of dollars in research and development, they will. Um, because it, it, it really is a yes or no decision with, with, with uh, when they sell their product. Are they going to go with this guy or this guy? You know, and you got to edge out the competition. Lately, AMD's been edging them out. Um, but who knows? You know, when, when one person is spending, let's say, $1 on 
research and development and the other guys spending, you know, $50, it, it, it could hurt that person a long time in the long term. Yeah. And I think, I mean, there's also the side of who's spending that money more efficiently. I guess if you're on the, if you're a fan of AMD, you can look at it and say, well, look at all this money Intel's plowing into it and still AMD sort of has the lead. Um, and I know, or maybe not has the lead, but they've gotten vote of confidence from both Xbox and PlayStation who obviously don't take that decision lightly um, as to who their GPU provider is going to be, right? Yeah, or CPU. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, yeah, that's always a good point. And, and that's why I'm <laughs> falling right into why I am an AMD investor. Um, <clears throat> now, if you do want that security, obviously, you know, you may, might want to go with the, with the Intel choice because, you know, if you got a, if you got retirement and stuff like that, then there's a lot more advantageous, uh, qualities about Intel that you don't have to even, you know, lose any sleep at night over. Um, however, a, a thing that, uh, that has recently occurred, and this was something that I was kind of, again, raving about on Twitter is that, most recent earnings, AMD announced that they're buying out this company called Xilinx for $35 billion, right? And wow. that was a huge deal, obviously, um, because that was kind of a sign, basically, that, hey, we're, we're coming after you, Intel. You know, um, we, we were really, really trying to go one-on-one -on -one here with, with the other products that Intel makes, you know? Um, and Xilinx is the number one provider of adaptive computing solutions. And it, it basically just increases TAM, the TAM of AMD. Um, so it, it's going to be very interesting and it was hilarious. And most often than not, usually the company who's buying another company, they have, you know, a loss in share value that day, share price value. Uh, AMD, I believe, even though they had a great quarter, uh, they were down like 4% that day. And uh, because they bought out a bought out Xilinx or announced they were, Xilinx was up like 8 to 10%, I believe. And I was just tweeting like, guys, like if you're not buying AMD right now, when it's down on literally good news, like, <laughs> uh, I don't know what to tell you, you know? Um, so, and I even called it, I was like, watch, like Jim Cramer is going to talk about this. And like, has, I actually tweeted, I was like, is, has Jim Cramer already talked about this? And he ended up talking about it like that night. Like, I don't know how you got, he loves AMD. So I knew he was going to. Um, all right. And I think that's a good overview of the investment. Yeah. Any more questions, Ryan? No, that's it for me on the first half. We're going to hit a quick break and then we'll try to poke some holes in your AMD thesis. Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi includes advanced security to help protect all your connected devices. You'll get real-time alerts. Oh, like this one. So you don't have to worry about malware. Or when your kid downloads a song from a shady link. And now all your computer can play is... Red color, red color, where are you? <sighs> all blocked, thanks to advanced security. Included with Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi. Advanced security must be enabled in the Panoramic Wi-Fi app. Restrictions apply. 
Welcome back in. Next up, we have Devil's Advocate. Uh, for most of the listeners, you know how this goes, but we've got a few counterpoints to try to let Gannon refute here. I'll go first. Uh, we talked about Intel sort of slacking and maybe resting on their laurels a little bit, and they've obviously given way to AMD's rise and um, in turn, a higher valuation for AMD as well. Uh, in the event that Intel starts to get their legs back under them and were to produce that, what is it, seven nanometer chip? Or get it out faster, yeah. Uh, that could really impact AMD and potentially cut their valuation in half, or maybe not half, but reduce it in a big way. You know, so when it comes to investing and uh my stocks and everything, you know, I've, I've held AMD for a long time, but like I say all the time, um, never fall in love with a stock. It's a constant, you're constantly evaluating a position. Um, even though AMD has made me a ton of money and I'm, I'm, I'm long when something comes to light, like let's say that there's a reversal in the trend and Intel starts making these big gains. Um, you know, that's, that's when I do, I, I don't just shun those out. If anything, I tend to look at the bearish case of uh, positions that I own more than the bullish case. Um, but really going back to your, to your point, I think the thing that I want to counter that with is branding. Um, AMD has really put the stakes in the ground when it comes to eSports sports so much more in my opinion than um intel and this is a big big deal because esports is getting huge um you got league of legends uh, if i'm sure there probably will people who don't know what that is on here listening on here but it's basically a game in in asia uh on the computer um it's a huge game and it's a very competitive game. They had more viewers, I believe in 2017 than the Super Bowl uh, in their world championships, it's called. Um, so this is a huge market. You got Magic Johnson, you got Michael Jordan, you have all these athletes investing into esports. And who is the number one person, uh, the number one company, I would say, uh, leading that charge is AMD. Um, so... In reality, and, and and then COVID fell right, I guess, right into AMD's lap as well because during COVID, people were gaming at a higher pace than anything. At least, at least I was gaming a lot more than I normally do. Um, so I guess my, my counterpoint to your counterpoint is I think that, you know, it is very possible. That is always a reality that you know, Intel's research and development, they could come out with something that is better and faster than AMD. Um, but that's just not true right now. Um, you got AMD beating Intel head to head in that, in that, in that article. Um, I think it was what seven out of 10 categories or eight out of 10 categories. Um, but like I said, anything is possible. Intel could come out with a better product in the future and the tide might change. Um, but that doesn't necessarily th say that PS4 and Xbox, whatever new future consoles are going to immediately switch. Um, because we all know that they don't put the best hardware in these, 
in these consoles. You know, they're not going to put a a thousand dollar or or four thousand dollar chip inside of a PS4. You know, you right. you can't do that because um, then the PS4 would be six thousand uh, dollars right. to sell. You know, um, you have to remember that a lot of these competitions that we're talking about here are th- are about chips that the normal person doesn't have. Okay. You know. Um, that like currently right now I have a PC, I have a NZXT, which is a pre-built, um, PC, right? And my roommate, he has his custom built PC. That's over like two to, I think it was like two and a half thousand dollars. I don't do the type of gaming and the streaming that he does at all. Um, so I don't need that, you know, <laughs> I don't need the $4,000, uh, new chip that just came out. Um, so you had to remember the context here that some of these chips that people are talking about are chips that yes, are extremely important. Um, but those aren't the chips that are, a lot of people are just putting into their $700 PC build that, you know, those are chips that are on a whole nother level. Um, those are not the chips that are going into your PS, PS5, the Xbox Series X, etc. All right. Well, I'll hit my counterpoint then. Uh, so we're seeing the big bump here from COVID and then the next-gen gaming consoles. I think a lot of that might be, you know, it could be priced into the stock. And that's helping AMD a lot now. It's driving a ton of demand. It, or do you worry about this being temporary, an example of the cyclicality of a business in this industry? Yeah. Um, so that's a very good counterpoint. Um, a lot of people, I, I mean, I even saw a tweet today talking about, oh, this, you know, this feels like the 1999.com bubble all over again, things going on right now. Um, and in reality, my counterpoint to that, and it's not a perfect counterpoint because I want to say again, you, these are very valid points. I'm, I'm always under the uh, idea that the more you, you know, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. So uh, I, I'm, I'm never 100% on anything in reality uh, because things are always changing and your counterpoints can be extremely valid. Um, but what I lean on is that the kind of the uh, 1999.com bubble uh, thesis is that the problem about that was, <laughs> and this is going to sound like a, a classic, well, this time it's different, <laughs> of course, but that was in 1999, you know, in 1999 and 2000, when, when these, these dot-com companies were, were booming, we really didn't know what these, what a, what a website was capable of. I, at all. You know, we didn't know what Yahoo was capable of. Um, and that's why I feel like those valuations got so crazy high. And, and I will be the first one to say that they are very, there's a lot of companies that are very high right now. Um, I mean, just today we saw Airbnb, you know, get priced at whatever it was, 150, 145, which is about $70 higher than what I would pay for it. Um, or wanted to pay for it, I would say. So I feel like that, that that's kind of one of those questions, but now we have 20 years later, we have this kind of a new grip 
on, okay, you know, a website isn't going to make 40, $50 billion. We can figure out kind of more what, what it can make. And, and when it comes to tech and uh, these chips, it really comes down to the numbers and the revenue. And I don't think AMD is overpriced, even though it's at, um, what's it at right now? I want to say like 95 or close. It's probably down right now. 90, 92, 91. Um, I really don't think it's overpriced because of the direction that they're going um, with the esports and all the promise that's there. And <clears throat> you kind of have also the, you know, the CEO, I, that's why I see Tesla so, so deadly and, and why I like that as a stock, um, not to buy right now, but when I, when I did buy, um, is that w- when a company's doing the right things and then they also have the right leader behind it, you know, that's a very powerful thing. Uber was doing the right things, but they had a bad CEO behind it. And that's why it stumbled for a very long time. Uh, we work, you know, um, having a good CEO and having a CEO that's really focused on the future and figuring out well, what's the best way that my company su- could succeed. Lisa Sue knew that uh, AMD couldn't beat Intel head on. There's no way. It's literally David versus Goliath. Okay, well, let's corner this gaming market as much as we can. Let's, let's get our chips into PS5 and Xbox. Let's do everything we can to corner that market. And they've done it extremely well. Uh, I hope that answered your question. I don't if there's anything. No, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. It's, uh, All right. You touched on a good point there, which is, you know, there's a very bright future with the consoles coming out. And sometimes, uh, like, the valuation, obviously, is pricing in a lot of the future earnings that they're probably going to get uh, from those deals and from the boom, I'm assuming, of or the success of those consoles. Uh, but we're going to get to the selling point. What would have to happen for you to get rid of your AMD position? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> that's a very good question. Um, and I think a lot of people will agree with this. People who have been investing for a long time. People always think the hardest thing in investing is, um, is buying the right company. I feel like over time, that becomes a little bit easier and what becomes hard is when to sell. Um, and I, this can kind of come off as arrogant, but when to sell when you're up on a position can be very, very difficult. Uh, people always say, you know, press your winners. Um, so what would make me, uh, I guess, sell AMD? It would have to be continuous products and when I say continuous, it wouldn't just be one product that Intel comes out with that just obliterates AMD's competitor product to it. It would have to be continuous, probably a yearly product. When I say yearly, I mean like multiple products in a row um, that beat Intel head on. Um, Intel would have to surprise me in some way and beat out AMD in a market that AMD is current, uh, is, has a stronghold on. If Intel somehow won the contract for, you know, the PS5, uh, the PS6 and the Xbox series, whatever, um, that's going to make me that that's really going to make me sell. Um, because one, 
like I say before, and uh, this is kind of reverting back to Peter Lynch, know what you own and know why you own it. Um, my why, my big why for AMD was, was, is gaming and it's always been gaming. Um, and if Intel starts beating AMD in the gaming space, that's really gonna, that why is gone now for me. And that's what would really start me to, uh, think about selling my position. Okay. And what was, I guess this will be our last question to wrap things up. What is one thing you would like to see AMD do differently? If say you were in charge, what's one change you would like to see AMD make? So one thing that, uh, I see that AMD could improve on would, would obviously without a doubt be the research and development. Um, you know, that's going to take a little hit on their, their balance sheet. Um, but I think that's what you need to do to be a good CEO. You need to realize when almost just kind of like the fed, they realize when the economy is overheated and they take action. Um, I think for example, Tesla has done this brilliantly over the past couple of months. Um, for instance, they just, you know, sold $5 billion worth of stock. Boom, right there. They boom, they have 5 billion. Um, and they raised that in a second. They realized uh, the stock was at six, 650 and they, and they sold off some shares and, and got an incredible deal. Um, you know, 2019, the share price of AMD is $20 right now. The share price is $91. Um, I would like to see them raise a little bit more, more cash um, and maybe, and, and sacrifice, you know, the meteoric rise of from June, June, 2020 at $56 to, you know, over uh, close to a hundred percent at gain at $91. I'm fine. I'm fine with AMD going down 10% from here. Actually, I wish I pray. Um, <laughs> so that's one, one area that they can improve on, um, is probably figuring out ways in which they can set themselves up better in the future by maybe, you know, making some financial moves that toward investors, which would, would make the stock price fall a little bit. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I uh, it feels like there's a lot of companies that aren't quite exploiting their valuation or using that to their advantage um, right. when they definitely could right now. Right, exactly. Uh, one one instance would be like Zoom. Um, I right, I, I won't buy Zoom. I, I you know, it, it's just out. It's outrageous and. They, you know what Zoom should be doing right now? They should be buying every single company that they can. They need to, their moat, quote unquote, needs to be other companies. Facebook's moat, my opinion, Facebook's moat is, is Instagram. You know, they, Facebook realized, hey, we got all this money. Let's just start buying things. And um, so, yeah, I think ironically, as much as everyone gives crap to Tesla, they've been really smart with that. And, and because when you can just raise $5 billion in a blink of an eye, you know, that gives you so much power. Um, I don't think AMD can raise $5 billion in a blink of eye, no, nowhere near like Tesla can, but, um, they can definitely do some, some more financial things, um, to better position themselves. Yeah. It might sacrifice the uh, you know, share price just a little bit, I would think. Um, but 
as I've seen with, with, with AMD and I follow the price pretty well, it really does rubber band. Um, you're going to be hard. I really see it hard pressed seeing uh, AMD in the sixties again, um, unless something really crazy happens. Um, so a lot of people uh, like to hold this stock and are along on the stock. And when they see it, when they see it dip, it just gets bought back up. Um, so. All okay. right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, that's AMD. And where can listeners find you? Do you have a, or did we already go over this? Do you have a Twitter handle? Yeah. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at rebel markets, all one word um, on there. I have a, a newsletter in my bio. It's free. Uh, my newsletter, I basically just talk about financial education topics, um, things that kind of people just skip over and don't really talk about, um, really basic stuff, almost stuff that you're embarrassed to ask. Um, those are the things that I, that I like to teach like PE ratios, stuff like that, and maybe bring some more complex topics to it. Um, but all in all, it's a financial education newsletter. Um, so you can find me those two those two places. I also have an Instagram at rebel markets where I take my tweets and expound on them a little bit more deeper, more in depth. Um, and yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. All right. Perfect. Okay. We want to remind our listeners that we are not financial advisors. Anything we say or discuss here on chit chat money is not formal advice or recommendation. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.